Hello and welcome to the first episode of Preview Review, a brand new podcast. I'm Tyler Ellison. And I'm Ryan Toon. And we're here today because we love going to the movies. Uh, Hopefully, if you're listening to the podcast, you enjoy too going to the movies. And you all know the best moment of going to the movies when you get into the theater, after you buy your popcorn, soda, whatever you get uh, for your movie theater experience, and you go and sit down, the lights go dim, and... The previews start. Hell yeah. Of course, the 50 to 25 minute schlog before you get to the thing that you actually paid money to see is actually the most enjoyable part because everybody in the theater watches the previews and then, you know, you lean over to the person next to you like, oh, that looks good. I want to see that. Or, or that oh, looks like shit. That looks terrible. <laughs> and, you know, we're guilty of doing both of those things. And so we thought, hey, there's movie review podcasts, but is there a movie trailer review podcast? And the answer is, there is now. Yep. <laughs> it's us. The preview review, episode one. So yeah, hopefully you understand the premise of the episode, or the podcast. If not, here we go. So every episode, both Ryan and I are going to talk about two trailers. Uh, we're each going to talk about two trailers. So a total of four trailers per episode is what you're going to get. And... On this episode, Ryan, what are we going to be talking about? Well, I'm bringing to the table Dark Phoenix and The Dead Don't Die. Ooh, and I've got thrilling 2019 releases, Men in Black International, and Yesterday. And I'd like to take a moment at the start of this podcast, a blanket spoiler alert. Just because we're talking about movie trailers, there's obviously spoilers in these trailers. These are scenes from the film. Also, there might be light speculation. If we get anything right, we are not liable for spoiling the movie for you because we just alerted you to spoilers. Yeah, if we just guess a plot point in the movie and it turns out right, it doesn't count as a spoiler, but it would be if you care about that kind of thing. Yeah, and we're not movie insiders, so we know nothing, but we might guess a spoiler. Also, some of these trailers are immensely spoilery, so just talking about them... If you're one of the people that just kind of avoids all sort of promotional material altogether because you don't want to know plot points of the film, maybe this isn't the podcast for you. All right, so to start today's episode, Ryan, let's just talk about our favorite trailers of the year so far. Uh, What are some of the trailers that you've watched that you're like, man, that makes that movie look really good, or I definitely want to see that? What are some effective trailers for you so far this year? So the most effective trailer for me would be the IMAX exclusive trailer of Godzilla King of Monsters. That movie looked so exciting, and the monster battles were so insane. It actually made me want to go see that movie in IMAX. The trailer did its job. I was so excited. Yeah, I agree. We saw that together in IMAX. I don't know. I don't remember what movie we were going to see in IMAX, but whatever it was, the exclusive trailer for Godzilla King of the Monsters. It was like one kind of standalone scene from the movie. It was scored really beautifully. It was edited really beautifully. Um, All the strong points of, because we just saw the movie, all the strong points of the movie I thought were very well showcased in that trailer. I mean, it was such a good trailer. I went and saw another movie in IMAX just so I could see the trailer again. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely was a high, high point for me as well. I would say one of my favorite trailers of the year so far, and I don't remember actually, the trailer might have technically came out in 2018, but the movie came out this year, and that was the trailer for Jordan Peele's Us, 
which I thought just being <laughs> just being a fan of the horror genre, like such a huge fan of Jordan Peele's work, uh, was a huge fan of Get Out. Like that trailer just had me so excited. The moment it said from the mind of Jordan Peele on it, but also like it showcases again all the things that make that movie strong. You kind of get a glimpse of Lupita Nyong'o's performance in that movie, which is absolutely mm. incredible. You also get the sense that there's some kind of like social commentary going on at the same time. And, I don't know, it just got me really hyped for the film. Um, so that was definitely one of my favorite trailers that I saw so far this year. I agree, that was a very good trailer. That trailer, in fact, was actually so good that I Got 5 on it remix that they put in that trailer affected the final cut of the movie. <laughs> That's true. That song wasn't actually supposed to be in the movie. People loved it so much in the trailer that Jordan Peele was like, we got to put it in the final cut. See, everybody, trailers matter. <laughs> All right. So, with our opening question out of the way, let's jump into it, Ryan. What's the first movie we're talking about Here today? we go. Movie one, Dark Phoenix. This is the last, question mark, installment of the X-Men franchise from Fox. Presumably. Uh, if New Mutants ever comes out, that will be the last one. On Hulu exclusive. But today we're talking about the movie that's actually coming out on June 7th, directed by Simon Kinberg. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he wrote and produced a lot of the X-Men movies. And this is his directorial debut. It stars Sophie Turner, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, all these people that have been in the X-Men movies. With a newcomer, Jessica Chastain, playing a mysterious character that is not named on Wikipedia. Hmm. So, let's just talk a little bit about this trailer. It opens very spoilery. Warning, warning, alert, alert. Jean Grey, sobbing, in the rain, asking why did you make me do that, to an unknown figure. Then it cuts to a scene where she is approached by Jennifer Lawrence's mystique, and it... I'm assuming that Mystique is obliterated by the Dark Phoenix in Jean Grey. So, handily, yeah. Then it cuts to a funeral scene. A funeral scene. Literally, the X-Men in suits. In the rain, because that's how movie funerals work. If there's not black umbrellas and it's not raining, it's not a funeral in a movie. Yeah. And then Jean Grey going crazy and starting to... Be evil, attacking people with helicopter blades. So, Tyler, what did you think of this trailer? I'm not a fan of how much the trailer kind of spoils for that chunk of the movie. But, to be honest, like aside from Mystique's death, which I do think the trailer spoils, unless it's going to come like way out of left field with something else, um, I don't really know that much of the plot of the movie. Hmm. And, I mean, unless you're familiar with the Dark Phoenix storyline from the comics or from the earlier way uh, that it was incorporated into the X-Men movie franchise in Last Stand. And so, you, you we kind of only get a glimpse of, okay, now it's like, you know, the X-Men, like, one of their own, turning against them for some reason. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of get a mild glimpse of that, and that's all. So I am actually a fan of... Almost all the other elements of the trailer, the way that we see, you know, Jean Grey starting to use her powers against Professor X, against Magneto, against these other characters that we care about in this franchise. Um, And I definitely think that the trailer does showcase really strong performances from Sophie Turner, from James McAvoy, from Michael Fassbender, 
So I am excited to kind of see, I think those actors do a great job in those roles. And I'm excited to see how they play now that the, uh, now that the kind of villain arc in the movie is turned against them a little bit and they don't have this separate villain to work against. And so the character dynamics, I think, are going to come out a little bit more in this film. Interesting. As for me, as a longtime fan of the X-Men franchise, I've seen every movie in this film series at least twice. I don't think this movie looks good. <laughs> I think that, of course, you're right about all the performances, how these are great actors and the stars aligned and they all got cast in first class and it was amazing. But... To me, it looks like we're just doing X-Men 3 again, and we're bringing Simon Kinberg in to direct the movie when he wrote X-Men 3, the movie that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So, the things that did stand out to me was X-Men going to space, that seems cool, but I don't think that that's going to be a big part of the movie, it looks like that's just the instigating event. Mm -hmm. Something else that also had me questioning was... Magneto gets a freaking helicopter blade thrown at his head, and his powers are controlling metal. But instead of stopping the helicopter blades with his metal he dodges it. he dodges the helicopter Maybe blade. Maybe it's like a fiberglass blade or something like that. Sure. It doesn't need to be a metal propeller blade. I'm just saying. Another thing that bothers me about this trailer is how Jennifer Lawrence looks in the Mystique makeup. It's been publicly known that she hates getting all blued up for these movies, and she looks worse in the makeup today than Rebecca Romain did in X-Men 1 in the year 2000. <laughs> Almost 20 That's years so ago. True. Plus, Jennifer Lawrence really looks like she's phoning it in this time. She's not even going to make it 20 minutes into the movie. So, as a fan of the X-Men franchise, the prequel series especially has been very centered around Mystique. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do without that character that they've built so much in First Class and Days of Future Past and to a lesser extent in Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my opinion might be different if I remembered enough about the first iteration of the Dark Phoenix storyline that they incorporated into the X-Men franchise, but I really don't remember anything about that movie. Um, the best X-Men film is Logan, <laughs> and I watched <laughs> Logan over and over again. But as far as, like, the rest of the franchise, I really don't care. So, Dark Phoenix, it's not like I'm super stoked for this movie. But I think that it looks like it could showcase a couple really good performances. And it could... I think it could at least take this prequel trilogy... Uh, quadrilogy. Now, yeah, quadrilogy uh, into a new direction. Because, like I said, I think with the plotline, they have a little bit more room to build upon the character dynamics. Um, and have some really strong performances to showcase that. Something else I just want to mention real quick. There are some trailers for this movie, especially the IMAX version, which are showing old scenes from all the other X-Men movies, making it look like this is the final culmination of these movies. Mm. But this was not the planned ending of this franchise, and they're just trying to play off the fact that Endgame, Endgame did so yeah, well. Totally. So that also rubs me the wrong way. Well, and that's also like... Now that's just a strategy in the marketing. The movie is not written to be like a culmination of all these years. So I feel like if fans go into it expecting like this big end of the X-Men franchise, I feel like they might be disappointed because I don't think this movie is written to be like, like Endgame was like this awesome culmination. 
uh, of so many years worth of cinematic storytelling, it seems just pretty much like another standard franchise installment. And so now the marketing end is trying to play off of Endgame's success and promote it that way when I don't think it was intended to, to do that. Also, I've definitely seen people online see these trailers and get excited because they think Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart <laughs> are going to be in this movie. Sorry, guys. This is not going to happen. Hugh Jackman died in Logan. Spoilers. He's not. He's dead. And it's good that way because then Greatest Showman never happened. <laughs> so, Tyler, you mentioned you really liked Logan. I did. I loved Logan. Logan had a really good trailer set to Hurt by Johnny Cash. <laughs> Would you have liked Logan even better if it was set to Old Town Road? <laughs> <laughs> Just like Rambo Last Blood. I don't I don't think that I would have, but I really think that uh I don't know, like a good like Bon Jovi track or something like that would could have really fit the tone. I actually really liked her. <laughs> I, I watched that trailer like three times the day <laughs> it came out. And then I listened to her like that whole week. But I want someone out there that's listening to make a fan edit. Logan said to Old Town Road, please. Oh my gosh. And throw in some Bon Jovi too while you're at it. Alright. Moving so, along. We talked a little bit about how we feel like this uh, Dark Phoenix trailer might get a little bit spoilery. And I feel like this is something that has been common. J Law's dead. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is literally toast. <laughs> like there's it's a it's like a ninety nine percent chance right now in my mind that uh If you are listening Mystique to this in, in the movie. future and Mystique doesn't die, can you please wipe the egg please, off our faces? Yeah, please let us know. Um, but the past versions of us, so we can... Please let us know, because I literally might not see this movie. <laughs> well, I'm going to see this movie, even though I don't think it looks good. Um, but I don't know... My question is this. Are spoilers and trailers becoming more prominent and happening more often? Or are we, as moviegoers, becoming more sensitive to them and disliking elements of, of trailers that have been pr- uh, prominent in the past... And saying, like, well, like, I would rather watch the movie as a whole and find out these plot points than, like, have you showcase them to get me to come see the movie. I think that we are becoming more sensitive and that there are trailers from, like, the 80s that give away huge twists. And some that even just, like, tell you the plot of the movie from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Because that's how they sold you go to the movies. Yeah. Going to the movies to buy this ticket to see this movie that you know what's already going to happen. Totally. Especially... A franchise that has been very guilty of spoiling things all throughout is the Terminator franchise. Especially with one of the recent films, Terminator Genesis. Oh, with uh, Khaleesi. Yes, Emily Clark. <laughs> or Milia. No disrespect. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the big twists in that movie, I've never seen it, but I know because I've seen the trailer, is that John Connor is a Terminator. Which... What? That would have been amazing to see in the movie, but now I don't have to because I've seen it in the trailer. Yeah, and it's not just big plot points. It's little things, too. Like, for example, in the new trailer for the Elton John biopic Rocket Man, there's, like, this little clip where um, he, like, gets in an argument with one of his childhood friends or something like that, and we see this, like, little spat that they have, and then they El- Elton walks away. It's the part where he says, like, 
they don't pay to see me. They pay to see Elton John, right? And yeah, they don't pay to see Reg. Yeah. So he walks away, and it's like, oh, cool. That's an example of like the conflict that's happening in this movie. But then the trailer shows Elton walk back to his friend and put his hand on his shoulder and say, I'm sorry. And the friend says, I know. I know. <laughs> like, some stupid shit like that. And I'm like, you really needed to show me that this conflict got resolved in the trailer? So, like, going into the movie, I wouldn't be worried that he might have conflict with his friend? Like... Especially that kind of stuff in a in a in a biopic, a character driven drama. Like, I want to be able to go to the movie and experience the conflict and the drama that the story holds. I don't want to watch a trailer and have it tell me like, "Don't worry, it's gonna work out. Everything's gonna be the fine." The thing that gets me with this Rocket Man clip is he goes and walks away after this big spat, and I've counted it's less than four seconds, <laughs> and he comes back and instantly apologizes. I get that you have to be short, trailer. But I don't get why you need to start a conflict and resolve it in less than five seconds. Yeah, and so that's the question is, like, a trailer is a trailer, but it seems more that it's like sometimes they try to make them little short films and show arcs of a plot line within the trailer. And I just don't think you need to do that. I think a trailer is really strong, like Godzilla King of Monsters, when it showcases, like, the parts that are going to make it really good, whether that's the CGI monster sequences or whether it's really good character acting, but I don't need to know developments and arcs of the plot. Um, I feel like the storytelling can take place within the film, but just show me little bits of what's going to make the trailer good. Exactly. And something else that's really strong about Godzilla King of Monsters is that it's essentially just a clip of the film. It's just the Godzilla versus Ghidorah fight in Antarctica. And even though you just said, I don't want storytelling in my trailers, I liked that there was a clip, and I got the storytelling in the action, and I felt the tone from that trailer, from that clip in the Godzilla trailer. Yeah, I feel like taking... This is an approach that we've seen a couple different studios take. Taking a clip just kind of out from the movie really showcases, again, like those pieces that make it strong, but it doesn't give away the, the narrative arc of the movie on the whole because it's, it's one scene of the film. So, like, one Godzilla versus Ghidorah fight, or a couple horror, horror trailers have taken this route, like uh, the trailer for The Curse of Yalorona, which the kids are, like, in the back seat, and it's, like, that whole oh, thing where he has to keep rolling down the windows. the car. Um, that's, a re- that's really cool, and it showcases what makes the film going to be good, the tension and the way that uh, these characters are responding in these moments of conflict, but it's not giving away, like... It's not yeah, your owner coming into the car and taking the sister or whatever, and then the boy's like, "I have to go get her back." Or and then he gets her back, like, yeah, and it's it's all okay. Don't worry. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if that's actually a plot arc, but we actually can't tell you if this is good. But we just like the trailer. Like, I just feel like taking these one scenes out does such a good job at getting me excited to see the movie because I just kind of have this in media res like out-of-context scene where I get to see these characters interact or I get to see uh, whatever this conflict that takes place. But now I have to go watch the movie to see what led to that and what transpires afterwards. And that's going to get me into the theater, I feel like, more than seeing what's basically a montage start to finish of different things that happen in the movie. The other approach is also just to kind of do the endgame tactic where you, you just kind of take things from the first third of the movie or whatever it is. But even then, sometimes some really cool stuff happens at the beginning of the movie and you're kind of waiting for it to happen if you go see the movie or something like that. Exactly. There have been times where I'm sitting in the movie theater thinking, okay, that thing just happened. Check that off of my list because I saw that in the trailer and I'm just waiting so I can check these things off my list. 
Basically, the message is, if you work for a film company, please give us spoil. your trailers first. We'll let you know if they're too spoilery. <laughs> yeah, because we're not going to cut the trailer, because that seems like way too much work. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to be an editor, but I will screen them and let you know. And then say, hey, that's bad. Go fix it. Except for anything I care about. Marvel, you keep your shit away from me. <laughs> All right. Hey, you want to talk about another movie? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we're going to talk about The Dead Don't Die. This is the new film from Jim Jarmuch. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but apparently he's uh, done other things in the past. Tyler's heard of him, but I haven't. Things like Permanent Vacation or Stranger Than Paradise or something about a dog detective? I don't know. I don't know. All of these movies sound familiar to me. I've heard of them, but I, I don't think I've seen any of his work before. But he seems like kind of a fun dude, if this trailer has any bearing on that. So this one is a little lesser known than Dark Phoenix. So this movie is a zombie comedy movie in Great the genre of Shaun of the Dead or Zombieland. Shaun of the Dead, Land. Zombieland, classics, instant classics. The list goes on. Tyler, can you name one more? If I could name one more zombie comedy, what will, what will you give me? I'll give you a pat on the back. <laughs> um, Time's up. Season gonna... 8, Game of Thrones. No, you get a pat on the tummy. Oh, man. It's much more demeaning. <laughs> okay, so this is a zombie comedy movie, but the big standout of this movie trailer, at least for me, was... How crazy this cast is. <laughs> the cast for this movie is absolutely insane. Okay, here we go. It starts off with Bill Murray. Then you got Adam <laughs> Driver. Hang on. Let me just ask the audience a question. If I told you that this movie has both an 80s pop rock star and a member of the Wu-Tang Clan in it, would you believe me? Because you should. Because <laughs> he's not lying. All right. Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Chloe Sevigny, did I say that right? Hopefully, sorry, Chloe. Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover from the Lethal Weapon movies, Caleb Landry Jones from Get Out, Three Billboards Over Ebbing, Missouri. Outside. Outside, sorry, Ebbing. Iggy Pop, The Rizza, Carol Kane, and last but not least, Selena Gomez. Of course, the 80s pop rock star that I was referencing earlier. Yes. So, this movie, it looks like your basic run-of-the-mill zombie movie. It starts off and it gives you a real B-movie kind of vibe. Oh, people are dying. Oh, I wonder what it could be. It looks like some kind of animal. It looks kind of like a bad movie at first, but then you realize the movie's playing into that. Or at least the trailer is. Totally. So, Bill Murray and Adam Driver and Chloe Sevigny are in the police department and they're trying to figure out what's happening. Bill Murray then asks Adam Driver, what do you think? going on, Adam? I don't know what his character name is. And Adam goes, looks like zombies. I and love the idea of a sort of self-referential zombie movie because some, like, again and again and again a zombie movie comes out and then there's like it's like that world or whatever universe that that movie takes place in has never heard of a zombie before, right? Exactly. Like this is the case in Walking Dead and Dawn of the Dead and all those ones. Like, it's like it has to be this new thing every time. But I love that this movie is just saying, like, yeah, zombies are a thing, and it looks like this is something that's going on right now in the real world. Exactly. It goes on, and literally the end of this trailer is just 
all those names popping up in front of their characters showing up, and you're like, what, the Rizzas in a zombie movie <laughs> with Steve Buscemi? Okay, I'm interested. Carol Kane is a zombie that is searching for Chardonnay as a zombie. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. So, another interesting thing about this trailer is Tilda Swinton's character is very offbeat. She Usually she plays more of a stoic kind of character, mm-hmm. or maybe kind of a villain. But this woman looks like she has been preparing for the zombie apocalypse for at least 20 years. She seems to be playing an Irish mortician that can very competently wield a katana. Yes, and which she's is very such good at... a Tilda Swinton character to play. And honestly. obviously, she's a makeup guru, and she practices on corpses. Oh, it's and, I, and in the uh, IMDb or Wikipedia synopsis, it specifically says drag makeup. It's not just standard. Makeup, oh, it's very much drag. But makeup it's if drag you watch makeup. <laughs> it's so funny when. One set of eyes opens, and then the other one opens, and Tilda Swinton looks at both of them and says, Are you in this together? As if the corpses are playing a joke on her. I don't know, guys. This trailer I think, is hilarious. Yeah, the cast isn't just insane, but I think just provides a really great depth to this movie. And I'm excited to see, I think, like, both Bill Murray and Adam Driver are equally hilarious and great actors. Exactly. And it'll be fun to have them play off of each other. And then all the supporting roles are just played by <laughs> the weirdest people. That will be so fun to see. Did I mention the Rizzas in this movie? Yeah, yeah, I just want to be sure that we're saying the same thing. The leader of the Wu-Tang Clan is playing a character in this movie. And Carol Kane is also in it. I'm very excited to see this movie. I have nothing else to say about this trailer. Great job, whoever cut this trailer. Yeah, this trailer definitely got me excited to see this movie. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking at laughing at some more zombies. And uh, and then adding another movie to the list when Zombieland 3 comes out. Or Zombieland 2. Yes. We so, need a sequel. But here's something else. If we go back to our spoiler talk a little bit. Spoilers in comedy trailers are the worst. If you t- put up front all of the funny bits in your movie and then you go see the movie... You're not going to have a good time because you laughed at the trailer. So please do not let this be the case That's with true. the dead don't die. That would be the only thing is, yeah, we need to have, there needs to be more jokes in the movie than are in the trailer. Exactly. Yeah. More totally. good jokes. Totally. Cool. All right. Shall we move on to our next trailer of the episode? Yes. I have nothing left to say about the dead don't die. All right. Well, then you better think of something to say about Men in Black International. Oh, shoot. This is the fourth Men in Black movie. Uh, It's coming out on June 14th. Uh, It's kind of a soft reboot of the franchise. The first three movies um, obviously take place in the U.S. This one's taking place in England. Uh I know. Crazy location change here. Except Tessa Thompson is still American, I guess. And, like, she has to go to England. Yes, in this, she's in been sent movie. to England, so it's like not fully international. And Emma Thompson, it's who, binational. Emma Thompson, who is um, English, works is placed in America. Works for the Men in Black in America. Yeah, and I believe it is international because they're in a desert at one point, and there are no deserts. Oh, they in might, that's England. true. They might travel to more than one country. I guess. Yeah, that's yes. true. Um, this movie is directed by F. Gary Gray. Uh, Known for directing movies like Friday, Law Abiding Citizen, Straight Outta Compton, which was a great movie, and Fate of the Furious, which 
I held true to my uh, longstanding uh, stance to not see a single Fast and Furious movie and have not yet seen. I also have not seen a single Fast and Furious movie, but I might break that for Hobbs and Shaw. It just looks so fun. <laughs> so this movie stars Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Rebecca Ferguson, Kumail Nanjiani, Emma Thompson, and Liam Neeson, who most likely, prediction spoiler alert, is going to be a villain in this movie. The first time I saw the first trailer, I thought Liam Neeson was going to be the bad guy. Then I saw the second trailer. Now I'm not so sure. We'll get into it later when we get into the meat of this thing. Anyways, I'm pretty excited for this movie. Uh, I like that they're just trying to take a new direction, not having to play off of the same characters that were in the first three Men in Black movies. Although, to be honest, even though I've seen each of them probably multiple times, I don't think I remember too much about any of them. The most fresh in my mind would probably be Men in Black 3. Um, with the They did some cool stuff with time travel in that movie. I recently rewatched Men in Black 1, and it still holds up. It's good. Yeah, they're they're good movies. I think they do some really great um, sort of like alien world building, I guess. Um, and I think the comedy is done really well in exchange with the action. Exactly. Something that I'm excited about for Men in Black International is Kumail Nanjiani as this little alien guy. He looks... So funny, and I think Kumail is hilarious, so I'm also super excited for his character in this movie. I also think uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson have shown that they work well together in Thor Ragnarok as a comedy duo. Yeah, and I love that that that's coming back for us, because Thor Ragnarok I thought was hilarious, but also really well, sort of like sentimentally acted from both of those characters. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see their interplay again as well. Something I'm not excited about for the Men in Black series, we touched on a little bit earlier... The title is called Men in Black International, when we're set in a franchise that has aliens in it. Okay, why don't we go to a different galaxy? Why don't we see what's happening somewhere else? I know the Men in Black are supposed to take care of aliens on Earth, but it seems like, oh, cool, we're going to England. Uh-oh, the steering wheel's on the wrong side. Whoops. Yeah, and I think that that also could be a great jumping off point for like the future. If they want to keep like Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth, like the sort of reboot, uh, franchise going. Um, but I agree with you to initially just be like, okay, we're just going to go like across the pond mm -hmm. and do the same exact thing. Seems like a little bit of like, what's the point? Yeah. Why not men in black interstellar? Because they already made that movie and Matthew McConaughey was not available. <laughs> That's a different movie. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed about this when I'm thinking more about Men in Black International and the Men in Black series as a whole, Men in Black 1 is about Will Smith being trained by Tommy Lee Jones, new person being trained by an older veteran. Men in Black 2, Tommy Lee Jones has memory erased and Will Smith has to teach him about how to do it. Men in Black 3, Will Smith has to go back in time and teach Tommy Lee Jones how to be a Men in Black agent. Men in Black 4... Tessa Thompson's new Men in Black agent has to be learned from the old veteran Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. It's the same but Chris movie. Hemsworth doesn't, work, doesn't look like a good agent, so it's also going to be, I think, interesting to yeah, play. there's throwing a little twist, but you didn't throw much of a twist. <laughs> That's true. And also, and I don't, again, I don't remember too much, so I don't know how much of a, uh, uh, I guess, diversion from the lore of Men in Black or the rules of the universe, but uh, the setup is apparently Tessa Thompson as a young girl... Uh, 
experienced some sort of alien phenomenon and didn't get her memory right by the flashy pen thing. Um, and so has spent her entire life trying to find the organization that takes care of aliens because she has a full memory of that situation. And I'm just like, how does that happen? How is she the only one that didn't get their memory wiped? Are there other people like her? How is she the very first person in all of history to not get her memory wiped and then look at, like, uh, try to search for the men in black? It just seems like a little bit too plot holy to me. Something else. Sorry, it seems like we're bashing on this movie trailer. We like the trailer. At least I do. But here's another flaw with the trailer. <laughs> okay, so Men in Black, the original trilogy, are set in like the late 90s and the early 2000s. Men in Black 3 is the only one that kind of gets close-ish to modern day where people can have cell phones and document all these things. But in that movie, they time travel back to the 60s where that's not a problem. This movie, I'm assuming, is set in 2019. How do the Men in Black mind flashy erase a video that you put on your phone in your files. Yeah. So I think they're going to have to kind of figure out how they're going to do some good world building and storytelling as to how to combat sort of, I guess, the information age and what that would mean for these alien experiences that people have. Do you think that it'll just be in the terms and conditions in some app that everybody has in their phone that Some will allow you to like wipe the ability to wipe. I don't know. I think they are just clever slash lazy enough to write that into their movie. <laughs> I don't know if it's brilliant or lackadaisical. <laughs> or what if they just take a super like um, Gen X approach and be like, it doesn't even matter. Everyone's looking at their phones already, so no one's going to see anything. Oh my like, gosh. it's a message to, like, not be on your phone all the time, and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, we had to, we stopped using that technology so long ago because everyone's just staring at their screens nowadays. Nobody notices the world around them anymore. Wow, they're all just Clint Eastwood in the world. <laughs> this movie was written and directed by Clint Eastwood. Surprise. <laughs> it's a commentary on the millennial age. Ugh, millennials. Now, another issue I have is all the alien don't really have their own aesthetic. Like, they could be placed in any space movie. They could be from Thor Ragnarok. They could be from Star Wars. I don't see what makes them Men in Black. Also, Chris Hemsworth talks to someone in this movie and calls them a Corellian. At least I think that's what he said. And that is definitely a planet in Star Wars. Showing my cards here a little bit. I'm a very big Star Wars fan. Han Solo is from the planet Corellia. And the Millennium Falcon is a Corellian YT cruiser. If the alien in Men in Black is a Corellian, does that mean Han Solo is canon in Men in Black? God, I hope so. Do you think Alden Ehrenreich will reprise his role? Just the ultimate merging of the franchises. Exactly. Solo, everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, biggest financial success. And Men in Black, everyone's favorite franchise that's always on their mind non-stop it's just money it's you know it's gonna be the first second third fourth and fifth highest grossing movie of all time yes all at once get out of here avatar get out of here in game <laughs> millennium men in black those are some of our thoughts on men in black international and, and as you said earlier generally i'm excited to see this movie um, I think that has a little bit of work to do to fill in some plot gaps and, uh, you know, both with the new age and also just with Tessa Thompson's kind of story arc. But I think the uh, characters look entertaining 
especially Kumail Nanjani's little alien boy. And uh, I'm excited to see what this movie holds. And I do think Liam Neeson's going to be the bad guy, especially when they already say, like, in the trailer, that the aliens can take form of anybody, including our own agents. That's a line in the trailer. It says that explicitly. And Men in Black has been compromised. Don't trust anybody from this organization. So I definitely feel... And if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Liam Neeson. Okay. Oh, I teased this earlier. This is what I think. The first trailer talks about we've been infiltrated. And then the second trailer introduces the shape-shifting people. So I think in the first trailer, I was like, okay, Liam Neeson's the head, and he's going to be the bad guy. In the second one, it can literally be anyone. Maybe even it's Chris Hemsworth. I'm still guessing. Maybe it's Emma Thompson. Also, who knows? Oh, and I guess I should clarify. I don't think that the the real, quote-unquote, real Liam Neeson character is going to be the villain. But I think that Liam Neeson, either yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point in the movie or maybe even prior to the movie has been replaced by one of these shape-shifting aliens or something like that and has been kind of working on their behalf from within Men in Black for a period of time. Um, I think that'll be an element, or at least an element of the movie at some point, whether it's Tessa Thompson or Chris Hemsworth being impersonated by one of these aliens. Uh, I definitely think we'll see some of that as part of the plot. And something that worried me when I saw the first trailer, but now I think I'm kind of okay with, was the fact that there are shape-shifting aliens and that's so close to Captain Marvel, which had shape-shifting aliens. Yeah, that's true. But now that we're talking about this today, really close to the release date of this film, I don't have a problem with it at all. And honestly, I've kind of really put Captain Marvel out of my mind, and I'm excited for Men in Black and these shape-shifting aliens. Yeah, I think that uh, the few months between the movies actually did help a lot, and especially with Endgame being an additional Marvel, Marvel story in between Captain Marvel and this movie. Uh, kind of helped to kind of clear my palate of that. Exactly. Even though this film stars two Marvel veterans, it was in the back of my mind when we started recording this. Something else that I really thought was cool about this trailer is just that they pulled their tires apart and turned them into a gun. Yeah, that looks super cool. It looks really cool, guys. Yeah, I think Men in Black does some really awesome stuff just kind of with like the espionage spy genre too of like, the different gadgets and different like modes of transportation around the city and stuff like that. Like a lot of really fun type of stuff that comes from that genre, I think is, is present in a lot of these movies. And I think we see a, a good glimpse of that in the trailer for men in black international as well. Yes. And speaking of spy movies, Rebecca Ferguson is in this movie and she was great in the last two mission impossible movies. I know Tyler loved her in them. I have not seen that. movie. That's the joke. Either of them. They're really good, and you should see them. But she looks amazing. She has four arms in the trailer. That means she has two more arms to work with. I think that's just given her way bigger range. How many actresses do you know that can play a four-armed woman? You know, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Exactly. Rebecca Ferguson, best actress of our generation. All right. That's Men in Black International. So moving on, we're going to try uh, a segment that might be recurring on this podcast, and that is just kind of a basic guess the trailer game. And so the uh, way it's going to be played is I'm going to be uh, blindfolded, uh, totally bound, and maybe gagged, who knows. Uh, and Ryan's just going to play the first 10 seconds of a trailer, and I'm going to have to guess what trailer he's playing. The fun thing about this is trailers have been coming out for years and years and years and years. So if you don't recognize the trailer at home, 
that's okay, because it might not have been in the theater recently. But if you do recognize it right away, and it was in the theater recently, disregard everything I just said. All right, Tyler, you ready to play? I'm ready, Ryan. All right, here's our first trailer. And that was 10 seconds. Oh my gosh. I don't think that this is... I think my first instinct is that this is a movie that has already come out and left theaters and isn't a recent trailer. That instinct would be a good instinct. Okay, and I think that if if I'm going to just go for a guess... This is a movie that came out, I think, two years ago, and it's Searching, starring John Cho. That was very good. You are correct. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. But guess what? I had brought two more trailers to play with. Oh, no. Well, and that was a hard one. Okay. Here All we right. Go. Here we go. Don't worry. This one's easier. And that's 10 seconds. Is this Game of Thrones? <laughs> this is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> is this uh, the Aegon Targaryen story arc that we could have gotten? I'm sorry. There are no TV trailers in this game. We are strictly oh, a man. movie podcast. Oh my gosh. What movie said my world is fire and blood? I have no... Oh, wow, I thought this one was easy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is this a trailer that's been in, uh, in theaters recently? Mm. How do you define recently? Like, within the past month. No. Okay. Not at all. Um, I can give you ten more seconds if you'd like. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Alright, here we go. Everything is dependent on oil. Oh! Yes. Got it. It's Mad Max for your road. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Oh, that what was kind of hard. I don't... Well, the, like, world runs on oil and then looking for water, obviously, is, like, the central plot line of that movie. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that was a great movie. Um, it was really hard to recognize Tom Hardy's voice at the Interesting. beginning. I, don't, I just couldn't place it for some reason. Okay. And I brought one more trailer. And also will now be referred to as Tom Hardy Targaryen. <laughs> because Tom Targaryen he is fire Hardy. and blood. Mad Max. Okay. And here's our last trailer of the day. Arthur, does it help to have someone to talk to? And that's 10 seconds. The character's name is Arthur? That is what was said. You did hear that correctly. Oh my gosh, I literally have no idea. Now, something funny about this trailer is that I don't think I've actually seen this trailer in theaters yet. So, just to let you guys know, trailers sometimes come out online, actually. Bef and are online longer than they're in theaters. Yeah, trailers can live on long forever, right? Well, I'm saying prior <laughs> to going into theaters. Oh, yes, that's true, that's true. Would you like uh, 10 more seconds? Uh, yeah, give me 10 more seconds on that one. Okay, here we go. My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. There you go. Ten more seconds. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. 
Would it help if I told you that it's a Warner Brothers film that comes out in October this year? Is it a horror movie? Um, I don't think so, but it might have horror elements. Hmm. Can you... Is it a well-known director? Um, I don't know the director, but it stars Joaquin Phoenix. Oh! It's the new Joker movie. It is the new Joker movie. Is it just called Joker? It's called Joker. Hmm. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we I got see that now. Um, interesting. Yeah. I have seen, like, no promotional material for this movie except for the one side of, uh, or sort of, uh, first look at Joaquin Phoenix, what he looks like. Oh, so you haven't seen that teaser? No. Oh, so then there was no way you were going to win that game. (laughs) Well, you did get one out of three right without any extra Without additional ten seconds. And And I think I did well on the Mad Max one once I got kind of to an actual competent part of the trailer. Yes, when they said the word guzzoline, I think that really helped you. Oh, I thought it was just the standard word guzzling. (laughs) (laughs) Which could be anything. What are you guzzling today, Tyler? Oh my god. All right, well, that was our game, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. But guess what? The podcast is still going. That's right. we got to wrap it up with our last trailer to talk about this episode. And it is going to be a movie that I'm super excited for. Um, I think Ryan and I both are because we're both huge fans of the Beatles. And this is the movie Yesterday. Um, This movie looks so good. It looks so good. It's coming out uh, June 28th. It's directed by Danny Boyle, who did some of my favorite movies of all time. 28 Days Later and Slumdog Millionaire, among them. Uh, he also directed Steve Jobs in 127 Hours. Um, and it has a cast that features Himesh Patel, Lily James, Kate McKinnon, and fourth billing in this film, Ed Sheeran. Oh, Edward Sheeran from <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, he's just a bit actor, started as just a, a small appearance on Game of Thrones, and is now fourth billed for the new uh, movie yesterday. It's exciting. It has no other relevant elements to his career whatsoever. Wow, he's a real up-and-comer. <laughs> so the basic premise for this movie that we gained from the trailer is um, the main character is in some sort of ac- bike accident. There's which like is a thunder crash. Contemporary, like, yeah, bike accident at the same time as there's like a power outage all around the world. And when he wakes up uh, in the hospital or from his accident, his concussion or coma or whatever it is, um, he is the only person in the world... That remembers the music of the Beatles. And he does like a Google search um, and asks all these random people like, you know, the Beatles, John Paul, George and Ringo, blah, 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 blah. And everyone's like, who the heck is that? And he plays their music and they're like, well, that's really good. Like, when did you write that? And he's like, what? So he didn't write that. Super interesting concept because now uh, we have a man that's uh, that gets led to career success in the music industry by performing songs that... Only he knows that he did not write, and everybody thinks that he wrote them and is performing some of the greatest hits that the world has ever seen. And the really cool thing about this is that he knows every Beatles song by heart on the guitar and the piano. Because he could not go look look up now the chords or, the, or how to play any of these songs. So he knows how to play that stuff is lost Let It Be, Hey Jude, Yesterday, all by heart. I mean, it's possible, but I'm skeptical. You know, he might just be a really big Beatles fan, and... I mean, who isn't? And also, if you're in that situation, you're going to figure something out, man. Like, maybe Let It Be has, you know, has an extra C chord that maybe wasn't in the original one. Who's going to know? Hamish, well... (laughs) What is his name? I'm sorry, he's new. 
we're introducing a new actor into the fold. Yeah, Himesh Patel. And he's starring. How do you do that? How is this your first movie and you're starring? His audition must have been really good. Well, he um, is on a television series in the UK. Wow. So he's just a TV2 uh, to film actor. But it oh, is just like Ed Sheeran. Just like Ed Sheeran. And, uh, but it is pretty impressive. And uh, his performance in the trailer actually looks really good. I'm excited to see what he does with it. Yes. Um, and Lily James and Kate McKinnon as well, I think, look like um, awesome choices for the roles that they're playing in this movie. It does seem a little bit, you know, lighthearted rom-com, a little bit predictable maybe, especially in the narrative arc between uh, Himesh and Lily James's character um, of the, like, you're now a big star and I'm just a school teacher and I wanted you to love me my whole life and you'll never love me. And then, of course, like, whatever happens and it comes out that he didn't write the songs, it's going to be okay because now he's going to be a normal person and they can fall in love or whatever. Well, she still love him even though she now knows that he's a fraud and he's been lying to the entire world. I There is a 99.9% chance that she will still love him. Wow. <laughs> Ladies out there, or men, would you still love a man who has lied to the entire world? That's not... That's not the litmus test. It's not real people. <laughs> this is from the writers of Love Actually people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Love Actually is so cute. So, I do think it looks a little bit predictable, but I'm super excited because I think it's an interesting concept, and I just want to see all these Beatles songs in this movie. I'm just super excited. I can't wait to see the audience's reaction when he goes up there and plays Obla Di Obla Da. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Having built up absolutely no career beforehand. It's very strange because he'll go out and he'll play I Want to Hold Your Hand after he's written Let It Be. That might just be the way the trailer's cut, but I feel like that's kind of a downgrade. Sorry for all you I Want to Hold Your Hand stands. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, like, the career of the Beatles, like, changed and fluctuated so much and, like, Let It Be, the album, was such a culmination of, like, a career to, like, jump to that and, like, go play, like, The Long and Winding Road when you haven't had sort of the legacy that the Beatles built up over the eight years or so that they were active, seems like kind of strange. Like there's not the same sort of feel behind the music. A real question that we all should be asking as deep, deep Beatles fans is, is he going to perform the German versions of these songs as well? (laughs) Because everyone knows the Beatles played in Hamburg and have recorded multiple songs in German. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be part of this film? That's true. And also, uh, the Beatles album Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band was written explicitly so that the Beatles would never have to play any songs off of that album live. And so, <laughs> if any of these songs are played live, it's a total disgrace But to now the that you mention it, I don't think they play any song off of that album in the trailer. <laughs> I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure, and it's actually pretty limited. I'm pretty sure they touch I Want to Hold Your Hand, Hey Dude, hey Jude, which they, Ed Sheeran suggests they rename Hey Dude in the trailer, which is hilarious and sad at the same time. I just think it's not good. <laughs> Yesterday, obviously the name of the I movie. I Want to Hold Your Hand. And Let It Be. Yeah. So kind of that's a lot of songs for one trailer, but it did not feel crowded. It doesn't feel crowded, but I do think there will be more in the movie. Like I think I think we'll get like a little like a montagey thing of like here's all the Beatles songs I can play. But also maybe you're right. Like maybe he will just be limited on like 
what he can remember. Maybe he only remembers those five. And then <laughs> and just they like, stop through. coming, and he goes to Lily James. He goes, I can't write anymore. <laughs> and plenty, he never gets caught. Plenty of, plenty of people have gotten more famous than they should have with at least five hit songs. It's true. MC Hammer only has, like, one. <laughs> so, um, one really interesting part of the trailer that I do want to touch on is there's a scene where the main character's on the James Corden uh, late night show, and James Corden's like, we actually have a few men who claim that the songs are theirs, and we only see, like, a silhouette of the feet, and it's one of them is barefoot, like the Beatles are Mm -hmm. on the cover of Abbey Road. And I'm so interested to, like, are the Beatles going to exist in this universe? And... And if they do, are they not going to be the age... Because there's only two sets of feet, so you would think it's the ones that are alive now, right? Paul and Ringo. And then why are, why is Paul barefoot like he was on the cover of Abbey Road if it's, like, 2019 Paul? Exactly. So I'm very confused how that's going to play out. Or but I'm super excited to see what happens because I think it seems super interesting. Or are these two other people that also fell off their bike during the same power outage and also remember the Beatles songs and have been masquerading as the Beatles. That's true. It could be a total bait and switch as well, which I think is more likely. I don't know if Paul McCartney's actually going to be in this movie, but it would be really cool if Danny Boyle got him in. I mean, Paul McCartney was in a Pirates of the Caribbean film. That's true. And if you can be in Pirates of the Caribbean, you can be in Yesterday. Yeah, totally. Someone else that we haven't really talked much about is Lily James. I think she's a great actress. I don't say this often, but... I think she's one of the best actresses of our time, and I think she could actually pull off a role with four arms. <laughs> God. She was great in Cinderella. I hope she sings because, oh my gosh, Andante Andante and Mamma Mia 2, her rendition was just one of the best ABBA covers I've ever heard in my life. How many ABBA covers have you heard in your life, Tyler, um, besides Mamma Mia? I've gone to karaoke a lot, so, so many. Oh, wow. And if it's me karaoke... That's not good. <laughs> Alright, I think that about wraps it up for yesterday. Overall, I'm excited to see this movie. I think it has some really interesting plot elements. I think the performances look good. And even though it might look a little bit cheesier, predictable, I think uh, it'll be a fun watch. It'll be enjoyable. Plus, this is the only trailer that we've talked about today that features a Google image search of a beetle. That is true. Cool. All right, Ryan, we're wrapping up this episode. What has been your favorite trailer that we've covered so far? I think my favorite trailer this week is Yesterday. This movie looks so fun, so lighthearted, so sweet. I am a big fan of Love Actually and The Beatles, so this is combining things I love, lighthearted, feel-good fun with The Beatles. What's not to love? So would you say that Yesterday is also the movie that we talked about this week that you'd be most excited to see? Yes, but honestly, I'm going to see all four of these movies. Yeah, I think I'll see all four of these movies, too, I think. But for me, the the trailer that I like the most from this episode and the one I'm most excited to see are different. I think I really, really loved the trailer for The Dead Don't Die. I thought it just looked hilarious. I thought that when it cut to the end and I saw the huge spectrum of the cast, I was just like, this is crazy, and I'm so stoked that this is a thing that's going to exist. But that's pretty much just isolated to the trailer. And, and you were really sold on Selena Gomez. I'm excited to see. The, I'm excited to see the movie, and I'll go see it. But the trailer just, I thought was super hilarious and super fun. But it doesn't make me want to see uh, the Dead Don't Die more than I really want to see Yesterday. So that would be my pick for the movie that I am most excited to see from this week is Yesterday because I do love the Beatles. I do love fun, happy, 
silly romantic comedies, and uh, I think it'll be a really great movie. Congratulations, yesterday you have won three out of four points on the preview review scale, and you are today's winner. <laughs> yeah, that's why you need Danny Boyle, I know. I know, you're waiting for this affirmation. and The three uh, out of four, not even a perfect score. You know. From a podcast that hasn't even been published You yet. deserve it. You really do, Danny Boyle. Congratulations. That's about it for this week's episode. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Preview Review. Just make sure you spell review the right way. It's R-E-V-U-E, not R-E-V-I-E-W. And it rhymes, so it's a okay. Preview Review. Um, you can uh, follow us there. You can like and review us wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Um, but only if you're going to say something nice. Like, if you're going to give us a one-star yeah. rating. Actually, you like everybody can do it, but please only do it if you're going to be nice to us. Because, to be honest... We, we can't take that kind of rejection. Yeah, this is only our first episode. And, Mom, if you go leave a main comment, I, I know it's going to be you. Because you're, like, pretty much one of the only ones listening to this podcast at this point. So, Hi, Terry. At least... At least let us get a few more episodes out before you start bringing in the the unabashed criticism. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we're going to be able to be back in your ears soon uh, with another episode uh, next week where we'll talk about even more trailers and give you a glimpse at what's coming out In soon. the future. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.